When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast, Easter Sunday edition. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. So uh, we've got a little bit of Purdue news up at the top. We're going to do the second half of the show, a look back at the career of Sasha Stefanovich. But first, Casey, as we said last episode, we're going to try to do a little uh, lighthearted stuff at the top, just because it's the offseason and we've got to keep these interesting. So are you ready for uh, a two-part question? I don't know. I don't know the question. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, as we've discussed in previous episodes, you have terrible taste in food. Uh, um, you, your, your opinion of Thanksgiving food is bad, and uh, I don't trust your opinion on Halloween candy. So, given that it is Easter, I thought I'd, I'd do uh, a question that kind of tied into the holiday. And I am excluding Reese's uh, eggs because we know they're the best Easter candy. But what is the best non-Reese's edition Easter candy? That's part one. You gotta wait. We gotta. Oh. I gotta see your answer before I get to part two. Hmm. Hmm. So just by definition, the candy for Easter is not good, right? Uh, it's not the best candy, that's for sure. I I think just because Easter, and especially if you're grading as a kid, the most fun thing to eat was the hollowed out chocolate rabbit, right? Oh, like the big old yeah. big old bunny. Yeah, those are fun. I like. Taste regardless, it's fun to bite into chocolate like that. So yeah. I'm gonna go with that. It, and it was the the worst ones were the ones that were like solid chocolate because you yeah. couldn't even eat them. No, you had to like look like a sociopath and like mm-hmm. lick it, or else or get not. like a 
fork, yeah, gnaw it down or get like a knife and fork and like just chop off a piece, which is just weird. Um, your you answer is, of course, because I know you oh, have yeah. a sweet tooth. Okay. Yeah, n- not lately, not lately. But uh, your answer no, is, sweet of course, tooth lately, or you just haven't haven't any? eaten haven't eaten a giant bunny lately. Gotcha. Uh, hollow or uh, non. So your answer is, of course, wrong. Um, <laughs> that that is a terrible, terrible uh, opinion. I thought you were with me. You made it sound I mean, like it was a. They're fine, but the, the the best, other than Reese's eggs, that's just a terrible, terrible choice. You have a lot of good options. You could have gone with a Cadbury cream egg. I don't think I've ever had one. Could have gone with a Cadbury caramel egg. I've never also had a Cadbury. Very... Just, I've never had Cadbury, so. Well, you should look uh, to get yourself one because, well, they're going to be, you know, like 33 cents tomorrow if you go to your local CVS or Walgreens. They shape and they're, like an they're egg. pretty small, um, but they are shaped like an egg. For some um, reason, You could have my... gone with any... My my child development head Cadbury just always went into the same bushel as a uh, eggnog. Oh, and I yeah, just I assumed it tasted the same. No, no, it does not. Okay. Um, you could have gone Starburst jelly beans, delicious. No, I hate jelly beans. Oh my God, Casey, what are you doing to me? It's just like weird warped sugar beans. Okay. All right. Well, part two of the question. <laughs> Is the debate rages every year, sort of like with Halloween and candy corn. Where do you come down on peeps? Oh, they're terrible. Oh, man, wrong again. You like peeps? I love peeps. You think you're in the right on this one? I do. You can argue about whatever. How many people like peeps? No one likes peeps. It's amazing because they sell billions of them, Casey. Yeah, right. I, I forgot. The fact that things sell well means they're definitely, like Amazon, by far the number one company in the world. I'm just saying, if the if some people didn't like them, they wouldn't sell so many peeps. And they've got so many different flavors, and you can get the ones that are what dipped do you in mean chocolate. Flavors? There's flavors? Yeah, they've got like uh, there's chocolate peeps. There's like a birthday cake flavor. They even have some that are like hot tamale flavored. But that's Why? not. I I don't need that in my life. And I love spicy food, but that's a no for me. You nasty. No, peeps are delicious. Um, are they even like solid? They're not. Like, do they even count as, like, a solid food? I mean, they're a marshmallow. Yeah, I'm not, mm, I don't, mm, mm-mm. They don't, they don't look good. They don't feel good. They don't taste good. I disagree. I disagree. Mm. But let me ask you this question. How many peeps uh, have you ate today? Uh, none, actually. Um, that's why you're so angry. Yeah, that's so, I'm just so angry because I haven't had a peep in a while. Um, no, Jess did bring me home uh, a set of the ones that have, like, they're dipped in chocolate on the bottom uh, the other day. So I had those. But that's all I've had this... Uh, Wait, today? No, no, no. Th- okay. Like, this holiday season. So, um... Holiday season. You know. How many how many peeps do you think they make in a year? Well, you said they sell billion. Was I that mean, a, was that a that real was number? Exagger- no, that was an okay. exaggeration. Individual peeps or peep packaging? It, this just says x number of peeps so i assume it's individual peeps and not per package um 12.2 million you are so wrong oh no they produce 2 billion peeps a year you said sell yeah yeah they They sell they make that many in a year they don't sell them all i mean i'm sure they sell most of them and they can produce 5.5 million per day that's not the question you asked that's a lot of peeps though it's a lot I'm, of pe- ugh, ugh, ugh. burn the whole world down. I'm I'm done with it. This I mean that's fine. This, I, I get this, it. I get it to peep a degree. Piping but... popularity. Ugh. Peep piping popularity. Yep. That was a fun that was a fun little <laughs> sentence. Um so there you go. I mean, 
I think peeps are delicious. I understand some people are wrong and all of that, but I'm just disappointed you didn't. We're going to start off every podcast now. You're Andrew, the Pied Piper of Peeps, Ledman. Pied Piper of Peeps. You know, you could call me a lot worse, so I'll take that. <laughs> um, now, on to some actual Purdue news. Um, you may have seen that Purdue basketball announced that they are getting new uniforms before next season. Thank um, goodness. That's I, That was going to be my question. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of the current uniform? They're so boring. Yeah, they're very bland. They don't do anything cool. The lettering's not cool. Like, black and gold's easy to do. Uh, yeah. It looks good with white. It looks good with black. Get rid of the gray. We're, yes, we're I not, do not like We're the gray. not in 2003 anymore. Get rid of the gray. Make, like, make something fun. It doesn't need to be, like, sharp and blocky. Can we not make blocky? And yeah, I would, the, I would like a, give me a script, Purdue. And for the love of God, can we just make the shorts have railroad tracks on the side? It does it seem like an obvious, need to it's like be a layup. A stripe. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like right there. I, it's like with the football helmets when they finally put the railroad track on the on the top with the black ones. I really like that. Yeah, uh, I, I want to see a really good white jersey because I think our white jerseys are the best. Okay. Um, The script ones with the, like, uh, the script Purdue into the, the little squiggly line on the shorts. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, that's everyone's favorite. I would like to see... I. Yeah, just get a little wacky. I, I want to be unconventional. I, I don't want our jerseys to look like 30 other teams. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like if you would just – all you had to do to change out the current Purdue jersey to roughly every other Nike school is just change the name. I mean there's nothing unique about the Purdue basketball jersey other than – I mean I guess you could say it looks like a cattle catcher the way the letters are designed. But, I mean that's not – terribly not innovative good. no i mean it's it's not something that you're like nothing needs to change keep it exactly how it is you could talk me into like a black and gold uh you know how like milwaukee's jerseys on the side do like the different colors of like green going down oh yeah yeah i've seen i'll take that I... milwaukee stuff just looks good in general i don't i just want i don't know i want something else i want script is probably right and then just i don't Let's show a little more creativity than an engineering school apparently normally gets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I assume part of it is just, you know, Nike has so many schools and Purdue generally has not been a top priority for them. Um, but given, you know, the number of Sweet 16s we've been to recently, holding number one ranking, um, maybe we'll get a little more attention from the, from the Nike designer and get a better look on the other end. So uh, I'm anxious to see what they what they look like. Um, I believe the Purdue Boilerball Twitter account said that uh, they're hoping to have a reveal by the end of the summer. Uh, could be sooner, but that's what they're talking about right now. And they indicated that the uh, Glenn Robinson kind of throwback era jersey that we were just talking about that that may not be retired with the rest of the jersey so that may stick around as a throwback kind of got a feeling because those kind of became like we we use those a lot um, yeah for, for, a, retro yeah, for jersey. a throwback jersey yeah we played with those a lot so. it was pretty much like oh yeah all our jerseys suck can we just go back to these yeah so. I would love to stick around with those so we will see what Nike comes up with um and I, I'm really looking forward to what they do because we haven't had a refresh in a little while. Um, so it'll be nice to see a bit of a change. And hopefully it'll be something a little more interesting than, than what they've got now. So when you're when you're picturing a Purdue jersey, what one Purdue basketball player would you pick to model it? Like current or former? At any, any time. But you can't say big dog. Jeez, uh, I don't know. That's a strange question. Do you have someone in mind? I'm wondering just how you value this question. 
who who represents <laughs> Purdue? How I value this mm-hmm. question. Um, I think I would have to do two players because I would want someone who's more like a typical height of a basketball player, and then I would want need someone who's like a giant because obviously Purdue always has one giant on the team. Um, so I will go uh, Jawan Johnson. You are picking a very scrawny person. Yeah, I will you go. You think Juwan that jersey is going to look good on a scrawny tall guy? That, I mean, that's going to be a question we got to answer because mm-hmm. Purdue's always going to have a tall guy, and every now and then they're scrawny. Um, and then I'll go. I'll go Juwan Johnson and Chris Kramer. Okay. Kind of a bulldog. A bulldog. You know. I mean, what are you? What are you thinking? I'm picking Ray Phil Davis. Yeah, he always he 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 always looked pretty right sharp. height. Good looking yeah. dude. You probably always right looking answer. pretty sharp. Like that six five. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's all I, need. Uh, I think I think you'll t- I'll take that one. <laughs> um, so there we go. Uh, look forward to New Jersey's. Um, nothing so far on the Nigel Pack front. Uh, we are still just kind of waiting Talk for a decision us! there. So there you go. Um, we're gonna we're gonna Can take you hear our me? <laughs> we're gonna take our break with Casey yelling in the background. Uh, we'll we come need back. You. Take a <laughs> take a look at Sasha Stefanovic. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back to do uh, the second of our play reviews from the 2021-2022 men's basketball season. Today, we are going to take a look at Sasha Stefanovic, who finished his senior season averaging 30 minutes a game, uh, shooting 38% from three, 86% from the free throw line, averaging two and a half rebounds and three assists per game, uh, and 10.4 points per game. That was 10.4 was his highest average of his career. So, um Casey, before I, I let you jump into to what you think, I'll, I'll just give kind of my baseline here. 
and just say that it was a really disappointing season in my book for Sasha. Um, he again, he's a player who, just like Trevion, we expected a lot out of him this year. We expected them to be one of the leaders on the floor. Um, and during the season, you and I had a conversation about Sasha, and I said, you know, he needed to be more consistent hitting his threes and and you kind of disagreed with me and said you know what does that even mean i need him to do this this and this and and we saw down the stretch that he just wasn't the same player on offense and when you take a dimension of the game away like that um purdue losing their top three-point shooter him coming and going in in different games it really changes the offense and uh, unfortunately i think that's how his senior season is going to be remembered for that that glaring inconsistency in a second half of the season where he largely vanished on offense yeah, uh, you say consistent. I say he needs to play well against good teams. He did. Well, either. yeah, <laughs> he didn't either. Yeah. Um, his offensive rating on the season was 62nd best in the country at 122.4. But Ken Palm does this neat little thing where he tracks games against tier A and tier B opponents. That drops to 109.9 against tier A and tier B. And then in 15 games against tier A opponents. 101.2 offensive rating. His 38% three-point shooting falls to 32%. Oh, man. Oh, man. 77% from the free throw line. His uh, assist rate played pretty stable, but also didn't really raise as much this year as I would have liked to seen. And it looked like it might have at the beginning of the year. But, you know, he is kind of the staple. Painter said he's going to go get the best shooter. And he has had a long line of primarily white shooting guards who were not the best athletes and who shot and played uh, smart, uh, made shots, and generally got significantly better from the start of their career to the end. The first you probably think of is what, Ryan Smith? Yeah. You could, I guess, throw DJ Bird in there if you want to throw DJ Bird in there. I would not throw DJ Bird in there. I would also not throw DJ Bird in there. I only throw him in there when I talk about stories that I don't name him in. Yes. Um, And Dakota Mathias, Ryan Klein. That's a callback to last episode. Uh, Dakota Mathias, Ryan Klein, probably the two best examples. Right, yeah. uh, How much their all-around game improved. Because they came in, you're like, we know these guys can shoot. Uh, Really, the two biggest... The biggest difference there is their ability to make plays for others and not make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, Matthias was probably the better passer just because he didn't make mistakes ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think we've talked about this before. Of those three, to me, Matthias was the best of those all-around players. I still disagree just because yes. Klein's elite playmaking ability just to make a shot. Um, his size was nice, but Dakota's defense. What we needed from Sasha was to in some way either – Take a little bit of Dakota's defensive improvement, which was incredible from freshman mm-hmm. to senior year. Yeah. Became an all Big Ten defender. Or Ryan Klein's offensive ascension when he finally got the reins. And I think we've kind of been waiting for Sasha, who is in theory kind of a mix of those two. Because Sasha was bigger than Dakota, a better athlete, and you know quicker than Klein. Never really improved on the defensive end in a significant way. And that's something we definitely saw last year in the North Texas loss, yeah. where he was just isolated and He got picked on bullied. over and yeah. over and over, yeah. And that was the thing. He played his freshman year some, but in those big games, Virginia, for instance, uh, he got played off the court in about five seconds. He gave up like three Kyle Guy threes in his whatever small amount of play it was. And it just never really got – it never seemed to click for him the way it did for Dakota, for Klein. His 
jump shot was more erratic than I think either of us thought it would be mm-hmm. or wanted or this team needed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to jump in, I mean, I mentioned this tweet before from uh, Dylan Sin, a guy who writes for the Fort Wayne um, mm-hmm. Journal Gazette. And I'm going to mention it again. His he, he did the shooting percentages before January 30th. Sasha was 42 percent. And this goes to your point about playing better against, you know, lower tier competition versus when tier A and tier B teams come in. Uh, those numbers fell off. So uh, after January 30th, Stefanovic's shooting percentage from three drops all the way down to 31 percent. And I, I mean, you can't have that if he is considered the best shooter on your team and your deadliest three point. Uh, deadliest three-point weapon, you can't have him shooting 31%. You know That's something that you expect out of your third or fourth best option. Um, and and it's, it just hurt the team so much. Yeah, he just – we needed him to be a legit second option night in, night out, mm-hmm. particularly in the tournament. And it looked like for a second he was going to come through in the St. Peter's game because he started oh, yeah. off hot. Yeah. About the only guy making anything. But it's just weird that – for someone that is supposedly as good of a shooter as he was, that was never a dependable jump shot. And I don't know why. Despite the numbers, everything, it's just probably missed more good look. He got more good looks. Yeah, he had a lot of good looks throughout the entire season. Than Matthias they, they, ever had. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Klein, too. I mean, Klein would come off those screens yeah. and just... Hard shots. Hard, yeah. yeah. Hard shots, but he would make them. And it, it, he would take shots where you'd be like, I don't know if that's a good. Okay, it's fine. It's fine because it went in. Um, whereas Sasha seemed to have more open looks and they just didn't fall. Um, like you said, I don't know what it was. It didn't look like his shot was altered. It didn't look like he changed it from when he was, you know, hitting the big shots. I, I don't know if it was mental. I don't know what it was. Um, but that drop off that I just mentioned from January 30th before and after, um, it, it's very stark and. It's unfortunately, it, it's going to be the thing that I think I remember about Sasha this year and, and maybe throughout his time at Purdue. Because, again, like I mentioned with Trevion last week, Sasha was another guy who had this season was his opportunity to go down as a, one in a long line of great shooting guards under Painter. Great people, um, great players to be remembered by um, who made big shots and kept Purdue in big games. Um, and he just did not step up to the plate. Yeah, I once again, it's colored, obviously, by ending your career on a disappointing loss. Right, right. It seems a little more fair to weigh that heavily on Sasha because the limitations of that game is literally what we've seen for four years. And pretty much we were just always hoping there would be another step. And he never really got all the way there. It's, I, I mean, we've said this a couple times. When, it, if you put Ryan Klein or Dakota Mathias on this team, entirely different feet oh yeah like it's hard to imagine those two jumping into the squad and losing against st peter's but is that fair i don't know yeah i mean i i don't know that it's fair but i also think that it's true right so it's it's kind of a weird situation we are used to seeing them expand their games and kind of get the most out of everything being able to use their shooting as an avenue to get better at everything else on the floor and for some reason that didn't really seem to click against Sasha. He had a couple moments where he got real hot, some big games. The Illinois game was nice. And it's just, it never really seemed to happen when you needed it. And it, it just, wide open shots were too much 50-50. And he never became a good enough anything else player to really take over the games the way that obviously this team needed because they needed someone to step up. And he was 
offensively the guard that needed to do that most. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's a very hard critique because he did what he did. He did it pretty well. He just never reached that next level. Yeah. And I mean, you talked about didn't really do it in the games where we needed him to the winner go home games. You know, you look at just this season, um, starting from the big 10 tournament all the way to the game against St. Peter's, that's going to be six games, uh, three in the big 10 tournament, three in the NCAA tournament during those games. Um, Stefanovic attempted 33 shots or 33, three pointers. Uh, he made 11. So exactly one third, uh, 33%. And again, not a terrible percentage, um, but if you're your team's number one three-point shooter, that's not a percentage that you can live with in those games where it's win or go home. Um, I mean, you're looking at versus Penn State, 0 for 3, versus Texas, 0 for 4, uh, 1 for 6 in the Big Ten Tournament title game uh, against Iowa, and then you know 2 for 8 versus Yale. And as you said at the beginning, St. Peter's, he started out hot. Wound up three for seven uh, from three, total of 11 points that game. So in the final six games of the season, um, he had, uh, let's see, I'm doing this math as I talk, so it's a little difficult. Um, (laughs) He had, let's see, uh, 32 points in the final six games. But even more than that, if he just doesn't foul Eater late in the second half multiple times, it's probably a different game. Yeah. And look, we don't want to rag on players, but you are what you do on the floor in a lot of ways. And there's no way to really get around that. Just it was a disappointing end and a disappointing end to the season. And a lot of that could have been reversed by a good or better Sasha. So it he never got with Trey. We got the highs uh, pretty like more consistently an entire season of highs. And with Sasha, it just always felt like are you you don't have that next gear, do you? And it just didn't kind of seem like he did. Yeah. It, I mean, I think your your point is good that we saw really the highs of what Trevion could do for us. And we really were looking for that moment for that game for Sasha where he could truly put on a show in, in a big game and one that really mattered. Um, obviously, with the way he started that St. Peter's game, we hoped it was going to be that one. Um, but like so many careers in college basketball, college sports in general, you know, you only get so many years and – Nearly everyone ends in heartbreak. You know, no, even if you win your conference, even if you win your conference tournament, you know, you're you're likely not going to win the NCAA tournament and you're going to walk away with with some sadness. Um, but often you can hang your hat on a great performance like Klein and Edwards did. And uh, unfortunately for Sasha, I mean, he he comes out really wondering what could have been. Um, there were a lot of opportunities that were there for him with those open shots and open looks and he, he just didn't take advantage of it, and you, we can sit here and say what if and what if all day, um, but, you know, it, what, if if things had been different, we wouldn't be having this sad conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe, we'd be, maybe we'd be talking about Sasha and Trey leading us to a Final Four, but that's not the way things worked, and now this is the end of Sasha Stefanovic's career, and he, he'll go down – in the line, you know, I think behind guys like Ryan Klein, Ryan Smith, yeah, and Dakota Mathias. It's just like empty, empty calories, bad taste in your mouth. Just, yeah. It should have been more. Out of all the shooters that have come to Purdue, no one had a better cast around them than he did. Uh, he got to play with Carson. He got to play with Ivy. Got to play with Trey. Mm-hmm. Like, he had the perfect setup to be the second guy, the shooter, the knockdown. And he just, he never... 
never never got there. And it's disappointing and it's personally disappointing for him, I'm sure. Disappointing oh, yeah. for the team as a whole. And that sucks cuz like he battled uh last year we we don't know how much covid took out of him cuz he really right. struggled when he came back. Yeah, he did. Um but he, once again like we like all these kids. Um it, he you will say the name and in 10 years, you know, it'll still bring a smile to your face, but Yeah, exactly. Right now it's just like there there's not a Sasha moment to really hang your hat on and that's sad. That's mm-hmm. it's disappointing. It yeah, would be really re- nice if you did. Yeah, exactly. You'd really, really hope for each one of these guys to be able to leave their time at Purdue with some hardware and a really good moment in a, in a big game that really stands out. And you'll always remember it as remember when Sasha did this, like you said, 10 years down the line, you'll remember that game and it'll bring a smile to your face and you'll look back fondly and, you know, <laughs> almost thank Sasha for that because, you know, he brought you joy while you were watching that game. And I think one thing that is fair to mention when you talk about a, a player like Sasha who mainly hangs their hat on their shooting is it, it's it's such a weird a weird situation because he's brought in for basically that skill. He's brought in for one thing and to be a shooter. And shooting and making threes is incredibly difficult. It's not something that, you know, everybody can come in and do. But when that one skill fails you in crucial times – and you don't really have a second, you know, what I think you called it like a, a check plus or you got to be a plus plus mm-hmm. um, on any other aspect. It's very hard for you to find a role when that one skill you're brought in for is failing you. And that puts so much more added pressure on him to make those shots. And I don't know if that has an impact on how he played on the court, but it's just it's a really unfortunate situation. And, and we we wish he had um, a little bit more uh a little bit better luck and, and made some of those shots that he took because, you know, he he, di- he really – he had the skills to make them, but for whatever reason, they, they just didn't fall. Yeah, and he just got so close to Bo. Yeah. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't the crazy shooter that can just 100% knock down open shots, and he didn't add enough to his game to be valuable enough everywhere else. I was very, I was very bullish on him coming into the season. I oh, thought he too. was going to make those steps. He didn't, and that – Lack of another answer was a big reason why this Purdue team that looked so versatile and dangerous at the beginning of the season didn't come into fruition at the end. And unfortunately, if you're being honest about Sasha Stavanovich's story at Purdue, that's the plot. It's never what you thought it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Man, these these conversations are bummers, aren't they? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm glad we're getting the people leaving out of the way because they're going to, you know, the seniors are going to catch the the most of this weight rightly so wrongly so yeah i mean as it always is as it always is but yeah i trey and sasha were intriguing but flawed designed players and that's a hard thing to reckon with and it's hard when you like a player and it's hard to have this conversation you try to be fair but like you can't swing one way or the other too much yeah i mean it's an interesting situation to be in because we we didn't do this last year because we didn't have this podcast last year um but we try our best to be honest about how a player played and and what we saw while they're on the court while at the same time realizing, you know, these are, you know, 21, 22, whatever, 23, if they've redshirted maybe uh, year old kids who go out there and they bust their ass and practice, they go to school, um, you know, they're getting degrees from Purdue and they're truly representing the university very well. Um, and it's unfortunate that we don't really know enough about what they do in the, in the time off the court to, to laud them that way. But 
all we can really do is focus on what we see on the court while acknowledging that, you know, we we really care about these people. We hope they do well in life. We hope they find something and we hope they continue to represent Purdue and know that let them know that while they were here, they truly were good ambassadors for the university. And we are proud of everything that they've done. Um, we just wish they could have done a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and once again, legacy is written on one or two jump shots. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to, you know, make one more in that St. Peter's game. Who knows what happens? Don't foul someone yeah. <laughs> on a jump shot late in the game. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> as, as much as I've harped on how important and uh, Sasha's shooting was, it's those moments in that St. Peter's game, the the boneheaded fouls that I think are going to stand out to me for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe it was be- maybe it was because I was at the game and was like so much more in it because I felt like I was there. Um, and, you know, what what that game meant as a trip to the Elite Eight and you see those mistakes happen. Um, those are just amplified because of the moment. And that's unfortunate for him as well. Yeah, there's not really much of a worse curse than looking and seeming like you could be one of those. Like, we're not going to draft him in an all-Purdue draft. No. He's not making it. For a little while, it looked like he might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, he jumped out pretty strong. Like, his his freshman year, 41% three-point shooter, 25 of 61. Like, it it looked like he could be an all-time shooter for us, and it just it didn't come to fruition, and that it sucks. But you're looking at these games, you know, our losses. Rutgers, 2 of 7 from 3. Wisconsin, 1 of 5. Indiana, 1 of 7. Michigan, 1 of 5. 0 of 3, Michigan State. 3 of 7, Wisconsin. 1 of 6, Iowa. 3 of 7, St. Peter's. Yeah. And, well, and looking at his his numbers from his freshman year to uh, his senior year, he was 41% from 3, then 38.3, then 40, and then 38. So his senior year was his worst um, percentage yeah. from 3. Obviously, he took a lot more shots his senior year than he did his freshman year. Um but you you know you would have loved that percentage to stay at 41 or or go a little bit higher um and that that would have made a career for Sasha Stefanovich um unfortunately it just it just wasn't that way yep i mean you have the advantage of a senior like you should be getting better every year yep so good kid uh seems like a great boilermaker he was fun to watch at times but like he'll tell you disappointing into the career that was his chance and you can't give someone, you know, points for something they didn't do. So it's just right. like, yeah, it sucks, but you know, it's still fun, still good. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see going forward where he kind of stands on what what Painter looks for in a shooter going forward, because it's pretty clear that Sasha was one of the most most one dimensional of those guys. Yeah, yeah. And will he go away from that a little bit? Because he, either maybe not because of him, but just. You know, you need more than that to have an offense. The best things about Dakota Mathias and Ron Kleiner is that they were pluses at everything and a plus plus, as I said, at a few different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way Sasha finished shooting, he wasn't a plus plus at anything. So if you're meant to be a specialist, you better be special at it. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's what this story comes down to. He really wasn't the special shooter we wanted or hoped for. And truth is that we needed. Oh yeah. And so I mean, we lost we, to a 15 seed yeah. in March. I mean, he he was what we absolutely had to have in 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 the big game. It just simply wasn't there. So that that is unfortunate. And and I think we've we've harped on that enough. I know um, Sasha's plan, I believe, is to go overseas 
uh, and play over there because I, I don't think he has any illusions about you know being drafted in the NBA. But I'm sure he can have a pretty successful and a pretty long career playing somewhere overseas. So we wish him nothing but the best and and hope we can see him you know back in Mackey Arena um, being recognized and and chatting with some fans uh, when he gets the opportunity maybe in an off season or. Um, at the black and gold game alumni game that they've had. So that, that'll be fun to see in the future. So uh, I think that's be enough. really good at those. Yeah, I'm sure he will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's enough on Sasha. I think we've, we've beaten that into the ground. So, uh, you know, that's, we're going to keep these short uh, in the off season. I know next week we haven't really decided which player we're going to look at um, either Hunter jr. Or um, Ivy, but I'm I kind of part of me wants to hold back on Hunter Jr. because we don't know if he's truly gone yet. Um, so just to see if he makes a decision. But I, I know we're going to cover him at one one way or the other. It's just a matter of how that conversation is going to end. Yeah, that's tough, because I think we every day we don't hear makes me think he's gone personally. OK, uh, I just think if his heart of hearts was telling him he wanted to come back for another year, that would have been something that would have been emotional enough to where he had no doubt and we would hear about it earlier. Just my assumption, but he's got some time talk to NBA people. I, I, I don't know. It, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Maybe he's also waiting on Nigel pack. So we'll see what happens there. Bring them both, please. There you go. Bring them both back. So uh, we there we need go. You. And we'll pack. end as we, we'll end as we started Come with home. Casey yelling for Nigel pack. So there we go uh, for Casey and myself. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate review, hammer that subscribe button, and we'll chat with you next week, folks. Boy, the rep.